Well, hello again, everyone. Isn't it lovely to be in church on Christmas morning, celebrating the day when Jesus is born? Well, I love the nativity story, don't you? Because it's just got everything in there, hasn't it? You know, there's drama, there's mystery, there's romance, and there's danger. Absolutely everything that goes into making a really good story. But of course, the best thing about the nativity story is that it's all absolutely true. And I don't know if you have a favorite character in the story, but my favorite character is definitely Joseph. You know, I absolutely love Joseph because I think that there's so much to like and to admire about him on so many different levels. But do you know, one thing that I noticed about Joseph this year for the very first time actually, is that in all of the versions of the nativity story, Joseph never speaks. Have you noticed that? He never speaks. Now Mary speaks, Elizabeth speaks, Zechariah speaks, although he has to be silenced for a while because he's a bit negative. The angels speak, the shepherds speak, the magi speak, Simeon and Anna speak, actually even Herod speaks. But Joseph is completely silent. He's not involved in any conversations that have been recorded. He doesn't say a single thing. And for a key character in the story, I really find that to be quite unusual, don't you? But if Joseph doesn't speak, he does actually do two other very important things, and they're probably even more important, actually. Because what Joseph does is he listens and he acts. He listens and he acts. There are four uh, recorded occasions in the nativity story where God speaks to Joseph through dreams and through angels, and Joseph listens and he acts. And the first one, of course, is where Joseph's considering divorcing Mary because she's pregnant. But I actually want to look at the two that follow on from that. And the first one of those is after the Magi have visited, and that's in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, where it says, when they had gone, that's the Magi, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and he took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. And the next one occurs maybe a few years later after Herod's died in Matthew chapter 2 verse 19. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. You know, it's virtually impossible, isn't it, not to notice the urgency of Joseph's responses to God speaking to him. He doesn't seem to enter into any kind of debate with God. He doesn't ask for clarification. He doesn't need to ask any questions. He just listens to what God says, and then he does the right thing. 
I think Joseph might be a few, a man of few words, excuse me, but he really is a man of action. And I find in Joseph a real antidote to today's popular culture, where everybody seems to want to take to social media to share their opinions, to tell their truth, don't they, to have their say. Joseph doesn't do any of that. Whatever it is that he's thinking and feeling, he just keeps it all to himself. And he just does what he knows to be the right thing. And what a great example that is for us today, to learn to think before we speak. Because you know what? The world really doesn't need to know our opinions about everything all the time. Some things really are better left unsaid. And as well as that, Joseph is also a great example for us to try to become better listeners. That when people are speaking to us, when God's speaking to us, we really try to focus so that what we can hear what's being said. And then when we've heard, that we actually respond to it with action. I really do think that the world would be a much better place if we all tried to be a little bit more like Joseph, don't you? Well, Kathy. That was a delightful uh, devotion, and you've really set us up to think about Joseph. You know, Christmas is a time, isn't it, where we see lots of ordinary people in the story. We see hardworking shepherds. We see uh, a teenager in Mary who's vulnerable and young. We see priests like Zachariah doing their religious duty. But we see Joseph, who is a little bit like all of us, a guy who is trying his best to do the best and to be the best that we do. But as well as that Joseph trying to do the right thing, we also see that the story is not just full of ordinary people, and it is like you and me, but it's also full of the unusual. When we come to Christmas, we see angels we, we see people who are led of the Spirit into the temple at a certain time. We hear prophecies and all the things that are not quite from this world. We see a strange star in the sky. And what Christmas does for us and what I want to draw you in today, I want you to begin to say, well, the world is more than just what we see. Ordinary people trying their best, struggling. It's more than that. Christmas says, at any point, God can invade that ordinariness and bring his miraculous thing. And I wonder today, wherever you're watching from and here in the building today, can I invite you to be a bit more open to see what all the world is about? That Christmas says to us, come and see, come and look again. Many of you who are Christians here, have you reduced your Christmas time down to the mechanics of let's get church done? And yet all the while God is longing to say, I sent my son to be with you. Hear me, listen to me, I want to come into your world 
What Christmas does say is that God is with us now. He's Emmanuel, he's with us, and he wants to have a relationship with us. And we can open up to a fuller way of looking at the world. You know, there's a comedian called Ricky Gervais, and Ricky Gervais would say, just enjoy what life is now and don't look for anything afterwards. And in a sense, everybody applauds him and says, oh, you know, that's such a moral thing. But he's wrong. Let me just stop you right there. There are angels. There is an afterlife. There is prophecy. There is a spirit of God that wants to lead you. And it isn't just about, well, let's just enjoy this. Because actually there is a spiritual world. And I wonder today whether you're a guest with us. Whether you're living in a world that's closed and ordinary. Or whether today you'd be willing to open up and say, I just wonder. I just wonder whether God could step into my world. And I wonder today as a Christian, whether or not it was all exciting at one time. I've heard lots of people say, you know, somebody talked to me today and said, 30 years ago I got saved in this church. And I know that person is still a still excited about Jesus today, but how about you? I just wonder whether or not. We talk about the magic of Christmas, don't we? You know, you'll hear that phrase a lot on the TV, but you know what the magic of Christmas really is? It's the spiritual coming into the ordinary. It's angels speaking to us. It's the Spirit of God guiding us. One of the lessons that we can really learn from Joseph is that he was prepared to open up to the unusual and listen to instructions. Kathy's already mentioned he had four dreams of how God wanted to be involved in our lives. Dream number one, he was considering putting Mary away. Quietly he wanted to divorce her. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream and said, Joseph, uh, son of David, take Mary home and be, let her be your wife. Because what's conceived in her, it's not ordinary. It's conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give his name Jesus. Because he will save people from their sins. God was saying to Joseph and he's saying to us, I will build your life. I will build your life from what I've planned. Don't worry what others think it should be. Joseph had a good reputation, and he was so much trying to follow what God was saying. But then he thought to himself, what you're saying to me now is more important than my reputation. I want to follow you. How about you today? I wonder if God wants to move you from the fear of expectations from you that block you from serving God and that you could just open up and say, well, God, I just want to hear what you want to say. Dream one, Joseph, will you obey me and hear me or will you just live up to everybody's expectations? Dream two, Joseph 
As Kathy said, when the Magi had gone, the angel said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until, uh, until I tell you, because Herod's going to search for him and kill, try and kill the child. Kathy, you're so right. There's so much drama in the Christmas story, isn't there? Romance, mystery, drama. What more do you want at Christmas time? Read the Bible. It's exciting. But what God was saying to Joseph and what God is saying to us is that I will put you in the right place and I will protect you. It may not be the home that you think. And I know many of you have come to London to live with us and it's not like home, is it? But it's the place where God's placed you. And even though Joseph, a devout Jew, was placed in that alien environment of Egypt, it was God's place for him, and it was God's plan. God might take you on an unusual route, but his plan will be the best plan for you. I wonder at Christmas time you could just relax and say, God, I trust your plan, even though this feels like Egypt. It's right where you want me. Is anybody with me on that? Can I hear a little amen? A Christmas amen? A kind of, I need to be more like Joseph and be where God wants me to be. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and for those of you watching online, you might be alone, but I wonder today whether you could hear through the airwaves that God has got you and he protects his own, just like he did with Jesus. Mary and Joseph walking around Egypt said, this ain't what we used to but it is where God's put us. Dream three, and as Kathy said, after the Herod had died, the angel said to Joseph, and appeared in a dream to uh, Joseph in Egypt. You see, God can give you a dream even when you're in a foreign place. Hello, anybody? Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take his life are dead. God was saying to Joseph, and God is saying to us, hey, I have a new season for you. It's time for you to move from that past fear. The things that once threatened you, Joseph, they're now over. The things that you once had as past fears, I've dealt with them. It's time to move on. Can I say to everybody here, God always has a new season for you. It always, let me, can I be pastor today and, and speak life and ministry and blessing and love into your life today? God always has a new season for you. And the, the, the thing that Joseph had to realize was, you see, he could have settled down in Egypt and said, oh, it's dangerous out there because Herod and his family and all that, they're still there. But God said, stop living in those fears now because I've dealt with them. And maybe that's the word of the Lord to somebody today, that perhaps you need to now stop living in old fears because God's got a new season for you, because God's always got a new season for you. Come on, somebody give the Lord a clap offering because he's got a new season for you. And so on this Christmas day, this might be one of those Christmases where you remember people who you have lost. And they will always be special to you.
and they'll always be loved by you. But I wonder if it's time for you to say, even though those people are special to me, God, you have a new season for me. Dream three says, don't live in your past fears, Joseph. It's now time to move to a new season. Dream four is when Joseph is back in Israel and he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in the place of his father, Herod, and he was afraid to go there. But having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went to live in a town called Nazareth, a small, little, obscure place. But what was fulfilled in the prophets saying, he will be called a Nazarene. You know, God might have you in what looks like obscurity. I think what God said to Joseph and what God is saying to us, God might have you in what looks like obscurity, but he's fulfilling larger plans. You know, he put um, Joseph in this little village And that little village was mentioned in half a prophecy. And he put him there. And Joseph's thinking, man, you know, Judea is such a much more trendier place to live. Judea's the Notting Hill of the day. But he puts him in Nazareth. And that obscurity puts him in a place where he's actually fulfilling a large prophecy. I wonder what God's saying to Joseph and what God's saying to us is, I might have you in a place where it is a bit obscure and you don't feel like that you're being noticed or what have you, but I'm fulfilling the larger plans that I have for you. I wonder if you could just open your arms just where you're sitting just for a moment and say, God, I want to be in the larger plans that you have for me. On this Christmas day, you see, God wants to speak to you. And if you're here as a guest, I wonder if you could just learn the lesson of Christmas that that there's another realm. There's another part of the world that maybe you have closed yourself off to. There's another way that God wants to speak to you. And he wants to give you larger plans. My friend, Pastor Michelle Nunn, who who is a pastor in South Cheshire in the north of the country, she sent me a a story and and shared with me a radio interview uh, this week of um, uh, Mr. Nadim uh, Ednan Laporose. Uh, And Nadim is the man who's uh, very tragically, do you remember that tragic story where a little girl ate a -a Pret-a-Manger sandwich and had such an allergic reaction that she passed away? What you might not know about that story is just began to release it. Uh, Nadim was an MBE, strong businessman, never went to church. His daughter had started going to church and his daughter was actually wanting to be baptized. And in the tragedy of all that, you know, when you go into a restaurant now and they ask you, have you got allergies? It all comes from this story. 
But in the moment that his little girl was passing away, this non-believing Nadim, who was a strong businessman, in that tragic moment, and the, and the paramedics are working on her. They broke all of her ribs trying to get her to come back. She did come back for a moment, and then they lost her again. In that moment, five angels appeared around her. And this non-believing man looks and says, what? In fact, they were quite small, and he went like this uh, to whoosh them away and said, don't take her yet. But he believes that those angels carried her to heaven. He was crying and desperate in the following years, uh, following weeks, and he went down into the basement, a dark basement, and he said, God, this is hard. And the basement with no lights, flooded with light. And he just felt that God could hear him even in his darkest place. You see, what I'm trying to say to you on this Christmas day, I'm going to invite the worship team to come is that there's another world that perhaps you're not open to, that maybe today you could just say, I'm open. Maybe as a Christian you could say, you know what, I have been a bit ordinary in my faith. I haven't believed God as much. But could I ask you to be more Joseph and be open to how God might want to speak to you? Kathy quite rightly has told us, Joseph doesn't speak, he listens and he acts. I wonder if we could be more Joseph and be open. God, come to me, speak to me. He's going to speak through his word, he's going to speak through trusted friends, he's going to speak through messages, but I wonder if your heart is open. Hey, will you stand with me for a moment? And we're going to finish our carol service today by singing and worshipping. But can I say to you, dream. In fact, say it out loud with me. Dream. Dream. Come on, dream. It might just lead you to more life. Instead of constantly analyzing life, why don't you dream a bit? Hey, men in the house, just put your head back and hold your arms out a bit and go dream. Come on. Come on, guys. Let's dream. Let's open up to what God wants to redirect us to or to change our direction in life. You know, for some of you today, God wants to offer you forgiveness. That some things that you have held in your heart, it's time now for you to say, God, I am so sorry. I come to you. Because remember the first dream that Joseph has was, you will call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Father, I just pray that we will forgive everybody right now whom we are carrying in the wrong way and release them into your grace. And Lord, forgive us. I want to say to you, God has a new season for you. God has large plans for you. It's time at this Christmas time for you to be open to God speaking to you and saying, come on, Lord. I thought I'd do a little bit more of a meteor message today because after all, it is a Sunday. 
I wonder if you turn to your neighbor and say, dream, God has large plans for you. Dream, God has large plans for you.